Hey, this is Sebastian the Jet. You are listening to Soccer Subs. This is Jordan Stewart, and you're listening to Soccer Sub. Go listen. Hey, this is Rob Stone from Fox Sports. You are listening to the Soccer Subs Podcast. The Soccer Subs Podcast. It's game on. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Soccer Subs Podcast, episode 81. My name is Ronnie, and I'm joined here with my Soccer Subs co-host, Eric. And before we get started with the show, let me just give a quick shout out to our two Soccer Subs show sponsors. First one up is Paragon Sports, your premier destination for activewear. They're located on 18th and Broadway here in Manhattan. Go check them out for all your running needs, basketball, soccer, baseball equipment, and go give them a follow at Paragon Sports on Instagram. And our second show sponsor, Taqueria 86, an amazing Mexican soccer-themed Mexican restaurant. They're located on 94th and Broadway here in Manhattan as well. Go check them out for some amazing tacos, burritos, drinks, the mezcal, the tequila, all the good stuff, and go give them a follow at Taqueria86NY on Instagram. And for the MLS fans, episode 81, we got a special guest joining us all the way from Miami, Florida. I can go through his resume, but I feel like that would take forever. We're going to be here forever. I'm going to try my best. He's a TV host, a very well-respected communicator, soccer analyst, perhaps best known for being the host and founder of República Deportiva from 1999 to 2014. Everyone also remembers him from Fuera de Serie with Sofia Vergara traveling all over the world. He's a two-time Emmy Award winner. You've probably seen him on every channel, Fox Sports, Fox Deportes, VN Sports, Univision, Fubo. I'm out of breath. Uh, he's our friend from episode. <laughs> Episode one, we finally got him back on with us. Just please give a warm welcome to El Presidente, Fernando Fiore. Welcome, Presidente. Gracias, gracias. Fernando, thank you so much for taking the time. A huge, huge pleasure to have you back on with us. You know, you have a special place in our hearts. You are our first ever guest. I will never forget that. Thank you for taking the time. And yeah, Fernando, first things first, how are you? How have you been? We talked to you two years ago. How have you been since episode one? We saw you've been with Inter Miami with our friends from the show, Andres Cordero, Mr. Thomas Rangan, who's been on the show as well. What other projects have you been working on? Yeah, well, 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 so many questions at uh, once. We saw each other here and there uh, in, in some of the events, but uh, I can stretch enough and, and I can thank enough of all the good things that happened in my life. I'm trying to be, like you guys know, uh, a positive man, uh, good vibes, and always uh, trying to do my best and trying to uh, to be positive in every single aspect of my life. So I try to get it, the bad things in the back. And uh, if I want to uh, just share with you the things that I've been doing the last two years are, you know, are amazing. So many things. Let's start with uh, with the Inter Miami. We started three years ago from the very beginning of the of the of the team with the MLS. The first two years, I was along with Thomas Rongen and Chris Whittingham doing the the color and the funny guy on the broadcast of the app and the radio. That was the first two seasons. For the third season, my role expanded much more into the commercial side and uh, videos and posting on social media with the sponsors. You know, it's a huge task. And obviously, you know, it was something that the, uh, the club asked me to be more into it. And I'm, I'm so happy. I've been doing campaigns with pretty much every single sponsor of, uh, of our team uh, from Fernet Branca, Publix, Wendy's. I was doing, I was doing the other day uh, a beautiful activation, the very first one with uh, Florida Blue which is our big sponsor for our training center. And uh, La Tropical, the beer company, the beer, the brewery here in, in uh, Winwood. So I work in like crazy with all, uh, with all those sponsors. And I'm an ambassador for the team. So I've gone around uh, taking our brand 
everywhere I go. That's where they enter Miami. And then uh, I'm back with being sports, which, uh, you know, we, we have like a, you know, a little break during COVID. Unfortunately, during that time, we lost the rights of the, of the La Liga. That's why some of the projects, you know, get there in the, on the road. But the, well, now we're back. I did the Copa Libertadores before the COVID. And now we are doing the World Cup, which is, I'm so thankful to be in sports to take me for my nine, nine World Cup as a broadcaster. Seven with Univision, one with Fox Sports in English, and then now with being sports. So, you know, so excited. And uh, besides that, I'm still doing radio. I'm doing it for the seven or eight years. There are sports vignettes that we distribute in about 60 or 60 something radios around the country in Spanish with all the sponsorships also that, you know, I, I do commercials left and right. So <laughs> it's a lot of things. For 25 years, I worked on, you know, with Univision and it was pretty much working on, on, on one outlet. And then we switched to Fox Sports. We were in four years there in one outlet pretty much. Uh, but I now I'm doing so many other things. I also did the qualifiers of South America with Fubo TV on the platform. So it was another great experience because it was a completely different thing. You know, it's a streaming is something that we all know that it's probably going to be in the near future for, for everything. So I already, you know, tried that water too. And um, we'll see. Everything is up in the air now with Apple TV and the MLX next year. They're asking me if I want to go back to broadcast. There are so many things going around. But the World Cup, the World Cup is the one that is uh, getting my attention right now. It's very close to start and uh, and I'm very excited. I'm going to Qatar on November 16, all the way to December 20th. Unbelievable, Fernando. You do not stop working. We respect you so much for all the work you do, especially I think you've been doing such an amazing job just growing the sport here in the U.S., you know, at the next World Cup 2026 in our backyard. So we got four more years of helping to grow this game. And that's what we're trying to do here on our podcast as well. And you, I know you've been talking about you've been doing a lot of traveling. I wanted to ask you just from your travels that you've been doing all around the country, how much have you seen the growth of the game since we last saw you two years ago? You know, these new expansion teams, Austin FC doing so well, LAFC in the MLS Cup final. We have a new expansion team coming up next season, St. Louis FC. How much have you just been seeing the growth of the game? I think it's been amazing to see. Well, uh, you're talking about a short period of time from COVID on. I will go back a little longer and uh, I will say that, you know, this is a dream come true for a person like me that saw the end of the old NASL back in the 80s and then, you know, so many years without the league all the way until 96. And then, you know, the sad part of uh, some teams being eliminated, especially my fusion back in 2001. And then they're growing and, and now solidifying uh, the league, you know, in a way that probably not many people were dreaming of back in 96. And, uh, and I have to say that uh, I don't want to give the laurels on, on, or pat my back, but, you know, I was one of the few from the very beginning that it was supporting the league all the way through, even knowing there were things that they were wrong, like the clock going back or somehow the shootouts that they weren't completely you know acceptance of all the soccer traditionalists but I was always supporting the league when they were in, in my network in Univision when they were in the other networks in Telemundo also always trying to see the positive thing like I say in the beginning of this conversation and supporting from the 26 years you know when when it wasn't cool to be part of the MLS when it wasn't a glamorous when I was going to the all-star games and uh, and I had to explain to many people where was that the East versus the West and a 6-4 result, you know, and, and the people were complaining about the bad stadiums, the bad refs, the bad days, the bad that, and they never see that it was a, 
a brand new league that they were trying to grow in the right direction. So I'm so glad. I'm so happy. And actually, I hope that we can continue to grow and have a, a wonderful 2026 World Cup here. Oh, man. Look, the World Cup isn't even here for this year so far. It hasn't started, but I'm already look, I'm looking forward to 2026. A lot, lot of people are in the same kind of uh, mood. Four years from now, I mean... Who knows what star is going to come up through the ranks? Haaland and Mbappe are going to be at their peak. I'm saving right now for to go to the final, for sure. <laughs> but and, and, I'm, and I think that Messi will play in the next World Cup. Contrary to what many people said and contrary to even Messi saying that this will be his last dance, I think that it will be another World Cup for him. So before we dive into the World Cup that's coming up, let's talk about it. Because as competitive as it is... There's so many teams that didn't make it. Peru, Chile, Italia, Colombia, Egypt, Nigeria, Sweden. What team are you most surprised didn't make it to the World Cup? That's why in the next edition, we're going to have more teams. <laughs> so all the ones that you mentioned, probably they will qualify. To tell you the truth, I like the World Cup with 32 teams. If you didn't qualify, usually the qualifiers are... Usually, no, they are long. You have so many opportunities, so many games. For a team or two, maybe there is bad luck and something happened that everything crumbled at the last minute. But if you are not there, well, get ready and better for the next World Cup. Maybe the one that is very, 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 very strange because it's back-to-back missing it for Italy because uh, they, they can do great. At the, you know, they, they have a players everywhere. The, the teams are, they are contenders all the time. And then they miss in Two World Cups back to back. That's kind of hard for a country like Italy, especially, you know, with all their, you know, all the history. Then again, you know, you can say, you know, what about if that ball didn't, you know, didn't cross the line? Or what about if that ball didn't hit the post and went out? You know, there are so many things. I I think that I'm not looking for the ones that are not there, but I'm ready to enjoy the 32 teams that they are there. Some of them, they're the perennial ones, Brazil, Germany, Italy, France and so on. Some of the other teams are experiencing it for a couple of times only, and and the and the whole nation is uh, you know is crazy about it. For Qatar, the first time in the Middle East, I know it's been a lot of controversial things, but uh, trying to see what's going to happen. I'm going to wait and see what this World Cup will uh, offer us in terms of uh, the matches, in terms of the stadiums, the infrastructure, how easy or it's going to be to go around, like they mentioned, that all the stadiums are closed, something that, you know, it never happened before. So I'm going with, uh, you know, with a lot of expectations and, uh, and, and hopefully I will be happily surprised. And I'm glad you brought up those countries because I was going to ask you actually the opposite. I know we have in your first ever episode, the usual suspects, right? Brazil, Argentina, Spain, Germany. But I did want to ask you if there's a team or two that you probably have as a dark horse, maybe a team that to keep an eye out for. I'm keeping an eye on Canada. I think Canada has a really strong squad that I think can make some noise and, and possibly, you know, get out the group and maybe cause an upset here and there. Yeah, uh, and, and the African nations too, Senegal and, and Cameroon. Um, Yeah. yeah. It, there, there's so many things. I mean, if you are there, anything could happen, you know. So to tell you the truth, I'm more on the side of the fan, and I and I I'm going there with an open mind, open heart, and you know. And usually, when they ask me who's gonna win or who's gonna go through the to the group stage, I try to be analytical. But then at the end, I go with my heart. I want my team. I want my family's team, my friends' team, and that's what I that's what I say. I I try to go with them and try to support them. So. We'll see. Like I said, I'm going, you know, trying to enjoy the World Cup, 
more than any time this particular time because I'm going with a with a broadcaster with a company that they don't have the rights to the games for the US and I went all the time with Univision and uh, and with uh, Fox that they had the rights so I was concentrated on the matches and I'm paying attention to the analysis of every game and now since I'm going with a company that uh, it doesn't have the rights of the games in the United States like being then we're going to concentrate on on more other things than just the games, even though we're going to have a, a show here that it will be obviously all the analysis and, uh, and and the results and so on. But my particular job, it will be to bring the other stuff from the country. And, and that's why we are doing two shows in English and Spanish today in Qatar and hoy in Qatar, that it will be showing uh, being sports in English, in Spanish and being sports extra which is the free channel that you can you can watch over the air. And those two shows in both languages, I will bring the things that I see from my perspective, from my eye, which is many times, as you know, I, I can just separate all the matches and the 4-3-3 and the 4-4-2 because there are so many colleagues that are doing that and it's full of, of people doing that particular job that I'm going to be concentrated in the rest of, of what's going on around the World Cup. Fernando, I wanted to ask you, before you go to the World Cup, I know you're getting ready to head out soon. What information have you received in regards to the layout of what the country's like? I mean, for any of us that have not been to Qatar, but what information have you heard on any rules? I heard that there are some strict rules about drinking in public, but just what information have you heard okay. in regards to going yeah. to Qatar soon? Yeah, I, I was lucky enough to be in the area, uh, not in Qatar precisely, but I went to Abu Dhabi and Dubai during 2009 uh, Clubs World Cup because I, my team in Mexico is Atlante. So I went there to the World Cup, the Club World Cup, that, the one that Atlante was beating Barcelona one nothing in the first half. And, uh, and then unfortunately, they, they were trying to reserve Messi for, for the final, but then they had to put it on before because we were beating, we were beating Barcelona. Y todos los atlantistas nos recordamos de ese, de ese día porque it was something to be beating Barcelona at the World Club stage, you know, is not easy. So I, I went in the area and obviously I was surprised back then. Imagine it's over 13 years and I was surprised of all the things that they can do in a land that is a big percentage is a, is a desert and all the money, the petrodollares and everything that is a that they have uh, over there to be able to build and, and do in, in the middle of this region and the Gulf that you cannot imagine, you know, like like a mall with uh, where you can go and, and snow ski, you know, and, or things like that. So that thing, I'm sure is going to be, you know, even more in Qatar and even more for me a surprise after 13 years. You know, I don't know how much they're going to surprise me. I was in awe, you know, back in 2009 when I see the Burj Al Arab at that time, the, the, the tallest building and so on. So, you know, it was amazing. And so now I will be probably happily, I mean, uh, surprised again with more new things and, and developments. In terms of uh, construction, I don't know exactly. It's um, interesting because they just get our first being sports employees that they from U.S. that they went there. So in the next few days, they're going to tell us a little more about it. You know, I, I get prepared on everything, all those rules that they are different from other World Cups, like you have to have a, that famous Haya card that you have to get at least one ticket for one game to get into the country and the hotels so from FIFA. Yeah, we had to admit it. It's completely different of if you go to, uh, to Brazil and you go to the country and if you got one ticket or you have no tickets or you have the 64 tickets for the games, 
you can still enjoy, you know, the craziness and, and, and the moment and the party of a World Cup in, in Copacabana or in Fortaleza or whatever in Brazil. The same thing, you know, happened, you know, in South Africa, even in Russia. Now, yes, there are more restrictions. It's more confusion also because we are coming from the pandemic and, and, and there are so many rules that are changing by the day. So something that it was a rule five months ago that you have, you know, be vaccinated or, or you have to get your uh, COVID test you know, 72 hours before you go, those things are getting more flexible now. They don't require those things. So I don't know, if, even though from here, even though it's so close from here to the date that I'm going to get into the plane, there might be some changes. In terms, of, in terms of culture, you like it or not, you know, if you go there, you don't have to accept. You have to follow the rules. Even if you don't accept, I know, and I don't going to get into politics and I don't going to get into social human rights and everything because it's, I have my opinions. I give it to my people, to my friends in discussions. I don't, think I, I don't think I have to go public. And I respect all the colleagues that they go on investigations and they do you know, investigative reporting. And, and I respect them very much. It's, it's not my job. And, uh, and I will try to stay away from that. No, because now it's Qatar. It's because I've been doing that all my life. You know, I separated my, my public figure on the entertainment business as it is on the, you know, it could be in the, if I were to be a, a news reporter or a, or a news investigative reporter, and it will be completely different. And, and my role in the entertainment world is different. So if you go there, you know that you will have to obey the rules of the country. And, and it's, you know, it's a very democratic situation. If you are not ready to go and accept it uh, or, or follow it, you don't have to accept it, but you don't, you know, you don't want to follow the rules, then it's your prerogative to don't go. And we can go and track back to see it, to say, well, was it right to choose Qatar in the beginning to, to do the World Cup? And that's another discussion that I'm not going to get into it. But at this moment, if you want to buy a ticket and go there, and you know that you cannot drink in public like you do in New York with a little brown bag, and that's it. In New York, they let you do it. In Doha, don't. As simple as that. And if you go to see the games, you, you cannot just go and say, hey, I don't care. I, I'm a New Yorker. I'm going to go to Doha with a brown bag and, uh, and, and, and a beer, and I will drink you know, in the middle of downtown. You cannot do it, period. I don't know if it's a sad word, but you will have to adapt for this particular World Cup. Uh, it's it's going to be completely different when you get into 2026 in Mexico and, and U.S. and Canada. And probably, you know, looking into the future, four years from now, you say, hey, remember, this is completely different than we did in Qatar. Yeah, definitely. I mean, no, thank you for that, Fernando. I mean, listen, we're not in Brazil again. I appreciate that, that insight. And kind of to, like, wrap this part of the interview with the World Cup. From a fan perspective, like, you know, beyond the classical, beyond Boca River play, beyond, you know, America Chivas, UCL, the World Cup is truly the biggest stage of them all. As a fan, you know, I think we see that the players play completely differently when it comes to the World Cup. What players should we look out for? Like, what players? Messi. Messi. <laughs> aside from the usual Messi, you know, Messi is magical. We know that. Look, I'm big on Spain. Well, big, you know, a lot of a lot of young players. The same thing happened with Ecuador. You know, Ecuador also got a got a Stupinian and another players that you know they, they, they were catching my eye during the during the qualifiers. Even though I didn't agree because I'm not on I'm not on the side. I'm not a fan of Gustavo Alfaro, and and I and I was vocal during the, during the qualifier. I always tell this story because I, <laughs> I'm doing the qualifiers in in football, and and I was never in, you know. 
I always tell the truth that I, that I was a fan of Gustavo Alfaro. And all my Ecuadorian friends, they always tell me that I was against Ecuador. And I, and I wasn't against Ecuador. I was, you know, I just didn't like the style of Alfaro, which he shows that he did a hell of a qualifiers and, and, and Ecuador is in the World Cup. So as soon as they qualify, which it wasn't as easy as my friends, Ecuadorians, will think about it. At the end, I said, listen, guys, I congratulate you. And, and I hope that you do the best in the World Cup. So, but yeah. Spain also is another case of a young, lot of young players, change of the guard, some of the few of the old guard that they are ready to, to say goodbye after this, in the World Cup stage, I mean. Look, look another, another big surprise and another thing that is my mother's country, but my family from my mother's side, but still, what a miracle for Uruguay. That was an, another, and good place, Valverde is playing absolutely wonderful, another, you know, he's playing great on a, in Real Madrid, but you never know, you know, like you mentioned players that, that they, they, they get into um, their national team jerseys and, and they play much better. You know, Valverde is playing absolutely incredible now with Real Madrid. And we know that he's cap- capable to do the same thing in the, with La Celeste, but you never know. Real Madrid club team, his friends, his uh, players that he plays, that he train every day, goes to Uruguay. Hopefully it will be the same, but it's their players that they see each other every so often, you know, for a few days and training on the qualifiers and they, uh, and, and they, they suffer a lot during the, the, the qualifying time. So hopefully they will do great, but it's a different beast. It's a different beast. No, I mean, I'm excited. Like I think every football fan is drooling right now, just waiting for the world cup. Oh yeah. Fernando, I can tell you're a big Messi fan. I got yeah. what, what are your thoughts on the rumors of Leo Messi coming to MLS? Maybe Inter Miami. Hmm. Uh, no, maybe not. That's the only team that he should come if he's coming here, man. That's it. Well, I, do, I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. I, uh, I really would love to see Messi playing with the pink jersey of the Inter Miami. It would be uh, phenomenal, not only for Inter Miami, for the MLS, for, the, for uh, U.S. football. And that's what I was saying before, that I think that maybe if he comes to the MLS soon enough, like maybe next summer, I don't want to say the word relax, but it's a completely different training, completely different, so many games in Europe every week and the Champions League and so on. That he's here in the MLS, that he got less games, less pressure, then maybe, you know, in the sunset of his career, 35 plus, then he can extend his playing time all the way to 2026, which is more difficult if you are playing in a top team in Europe, being the PSG or being if he's, he and if he's back to Barcelona, like many people also mentioned, the pressure and the and the continuous playing and uh, it's it's much more, you know, for a for a body of a 35, 36, 37 year old player in the MLS, it's a different uh, kind of pressure because it's different schedules. The training is also different. The seasons because we have playoffs. I don't say you're going to relax, but, you know, in Europe, you have to finish first to be champion. Here, you can finish seven and still be champion, you know. So during the regular season, you can, you know, regular more your body and, 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 you know, planning better with your coach. So that's what I'm also looking for Messi to come here and to extend his career. And Fernando, 
it wouldn't be fair if we didn't ask you about Cristiano Ronaldo. I know you mentioned just a few minutes ago that you don't think this might be Leo Messi's last World Cup. You think he has one more in him, but do you think this might be Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, last World Cup? But just curious about your thoughts about maybe his last World Cup. You know, I I never tried to compare over the last 10 years, Cristiano and and Messi. I tried to enjoy both of them. Uh, being an Argentinian is a little biased for me, but uh, you know I, I I can see that Ronaldo is an unbelievable player. Kudos to him. He's older than Messi. Then again, different body structure, different positions, different everything. They he might extend his career. I, I don't know if he's gonna make it all the way to 2026. But then again, if he decides to come sooner than later to the MLS, he can squeeze probably more years than if he stays you know, you know, in a top-tier team in Europe. And, and like you said, now he's having, since summer, you know, all, all that he, he wanted to be traded, he didn't, he's not playing, he's not getting a good vibes with the coach, he just go to the locker room before the end of the game. Uh, all those things, you know, maybe he wants to get out of all that, you know, situation around him and then again come to the MLS and, and, and have a new beginning at his late stage of his career. Certainly, he will be out of a lot of uh, sandbags that he's carrying right now with all the situations in Manchester United. And, um, you know, I I wish he came here too, man. I wish he came here too. Uh, You know, I I will take him into Miami any day. Hey, Fernando, and you just reminded me of of another player, Fernando. I mean, Slatan Ibrahimovic, who still amazes us, he's 41 years old. And a quote that I'll never forget, he just recently mentioned, he says, I don't see anyone that's better than me right now. And he extended for one more year with AC Milan. I love his confidence. I know a lot of people say he's cocky, full of himself. But I I love what he's doing at 41 years old, man. Yeah. No, no, no. Another unbelievable player. I wish he couldn't stay in the MLS. A very strange situation with with Slatan. You know, it's like a completely opposite of what I'm just talking about, Cristiano and and Messi. Everybody was thinking that he was coming here to extend his career and he couldn't keep playing until 41 in the MLS. But he went back to Europe and he's still playing at 41. It's unbelievable. You know, but there's one in a million. Again, those kind of players like Slatan. You don't see him often, you know. It's really, it's really very, very difficult to find one in history. You know, like I say, it's one in a million. So different story, also altogether. I, like I said, I wish he would have stayed here in the MLS. I think that he couldn't, you know, we we couldn't enjoy him here, watching him play live, you know, so many years, and it would be fantastic. Good for him that he he said, you know what, I'm going back to Europe and I'm going to show them that I still on top form and he was 39 40 41 and he keeps going man he's like a the energizer rabbit the bunny the, the big bunny from the from the batteries commercials i can't let you go without talking just a little bit of ucl given that the group stages ended today and uh maybe not ucl as a whole but like what's going on and like just in the top european leagues there seems to be some type of shift you know, Ajax isn't as good as they were before in previous seasons. Liverpool, they seem to be, like, missing their identity. Barcelona have been awful for years now. What's going on there? Atletico Madrid is Madrid. Mad- international competition. Real Madrid then, is the Portuguese, The Portuguese teams are finished on top of the groups. That's football, man. <laughs> 
and that leads me to my question. You know, Napoli has been playing sensational, right? Now, what, what are you? What are the top three leagues right now? It's like it's like what's the most entertaining brand of football? Because I, personally, I'm looking at Serie A and they're playing phenomenal, phenomenal. Napoli are so fun to watch. It's very subjective, man. Uh, everybody got their own opinion. Again, there's always, you know, you, you can tell the people that they said Premier League is the best in the world. Now with Napoli and, you know, many people are looking again, like, uh, you know, like uh, back in the 80s they they're, uh, or the 90s, they're looking again to Serie A. After Ronaldo and Messi left, many people say, oh, La Liga is not as interesting as it used to be. But uh, I, I think, it's, I think it's, uh, it's, it's very personal what kind of, you know, football you like. Me, I'm watching the Argentinian league a lot, obviously, because I, I follow River everywhere and, and, and in every game. If you look at South America, then you will say, oh, that is not even close. They can never compete to Europe. Look at Brazil. They're perennials uh, Libertadores Cup lately and, 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 and every competition. They're always over. You know, lately, there are Brazilian teams you know, dominating the Copa Libertadores and... Uh, and you might think and you know that they go and, and, and compete toe-to-toe with any European team. The money and the economics are playing such a huge impact in leagues that that's where the balance goes one way or the other. You know? and, and it happened pretty much because, like I said, I, I followed the Argentinian league a lot. It happens very much in South America. Now, Brazil, with, with their economy, they can buy all the players from Argentina and uh, not only, you know, probably the, the, the top tier players, they go to Europe, but then the second tier players in Argentina, they go to Brazil. So now the Argentinian league, sometimes, you know, you have to say, oh, you know what? You know, three, four players from a team that is doing well, they go to Brazil, which, you know, it didn't happen often before. You know, you have your top player will go to Europe. Then a lot of players, on, you know, they will go to Mexico. A lot of you know, good players from Argentina also comes to the come to the U.S. You know, you have so many Argentinian players that they are doing great. But after they went to Europe, the case with uh, Maxi Morales, with Sebastián Driussi, with Higuaín, you know, some of them, they come direct from Argentina, like Sosa in Atlanta or, you know, when it was uh, Altamirano, Piti Martínez. But uh, my, my point is that, you know, economics, you know, when you can just open your wallet and buy anything you want, you know, you have an advantage, definitely. Then, you know, then it's football. And, and, and then you can have a team like Atletico Madrid with a great, with a great, you know, roster, with a great coach. And then you finish last in, 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 the, in the Champions League. Bro, it's a case of, you know, what you like. And, 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 and unfortunately, like I said, unfortunately, economics play a big role. Uh, but then again, it's also, you know, at the end of the day, it's also football is the desire, is the something that, you didn't expect and, and then you get a injury. So look at PSG with all the money they have and they still cannot get the, the Champions League. So, you know, it depends. Yeah, absolutely, Fernando. And, and, and same thing what we're seeing here in MLS. I, be, I think MLS is spending money. Every team has an urgency to win. I know they recently broke an MLS record for a player. He was also Argentinian, Thiago Almada from Atlanta United. So, yeah, man, it's it's been amazing to see just how the leagues, especially here in the MLS, they're just finally starting to spend money and owners are starting to see an urgency that they want to win and get the right yeah. pieces though. And I'm talking about football and um, I'm also working on something that I'm going to give you a little, you know, 
taste uh, of what could happen. But there are two other sports that I'm involved very much now. You know, play with the ball and <laughs> and play with uh, and play with your with your feet. But they are not football. One is foot golf. Foot golf is a sport that is getting more and more, you know, ex players, more and more uh, attention from uh, from the people, from media. And I'm I'm doing also broadcasting for for the for foot golf. And next year is going to be the World Cup here in Orlando, which is a sport that is starting to get the attention of many, many, like I said, ex-soccer players and also the audience. You know, it's, it's a fun sport. It's also a fun sport to play. Very easy to play. And, you know, you should check it out. Foot golf it, is one that uh, is going to be making a lot of noise next year. And, and I don't want to say yet, but, you know, it might be a very, very good news for all the foot golfers and the ones that they want to learn about the sport. And the other sport that is uh, already more established around the world is only eight years old. I'm the secretary general of the, of the Federation of Tech Ball in the United States. The other, the one that is playing a table like this, bigger than this. Oh, yeah. Yes, we've been seeing you promoted really. Yeah, we've seen you at the events. That's been amazing to see. Yeah, yeah. And this is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the combination of ping pong and, 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 and football. And, and, and you can play singles, doubles, mixed doubles, women, men. And that's another sport that this one is only eight years old, created in Central Europe. But uh, we, we are trying to make it an Olympic sport for 2028 in L.A. And they will have, unfortunately for me, the, the World Championship of uh, Tech Ball will uh, be held in, uh, in Germany during the World Cup. So I, I can't be present this year. I was in Poland last year as a, as a delegate. But this year, I'm going to be in Qatar. But uh, it's another sport that you should check around. It's also a lot of ex-soccer players that they are paying attention to that. One of the ambassadors is Ronaldinho. Another one is Carly Lloyd. Pujol is to play too. So it's a lot of ex-players that they are discovering this new sport and, and it's going to be a big splash next year too. This, this year it was really good. We did a four or five tournaments with ESPN too. And I was also the color commentator for that. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And it's a, it's a, it's a fun sport to watch. Uh, they are two completely different sports, but they are two very interesting. Foot golf, it's more of, you know, of a technique and, uh, you know, and, 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 and long pace. Tech ball is crazy, man. Tech ball is, uh, is super fast. Uh, the whole game could last maybe half an hour the most. And, and it's action from, from, from start to finish. So there you uh... go. That's and amazing, I'm, Fernando. Keep up the amazing work, man. That's amazing to see. And yeah, we're, I'm sure we'll see you up here in New York. I'm sure you'll be all over the place after the World Cup. And and thank you so much. We made it throughout the whole episode with no yellow cards, with no red cards. I'm so excited. <laughs> we're wishing you all the best. Thank you so much, Fernando. Thank you. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful holidays uh, with a lot of football before that. And then the holidays will be even merrier for some of you know, the winners. Hopefully it will be some of us. <laughs> Take care, guys. Enjoy. All right, guys. That was the interview with Fernando Fiore. Fernando, thank you so much for coming on with us. Really appreciate you. It was so fun to talk a little bit of World Cup as you head over to Qatar. For the soccer fans, we'll be back next week with episode 82. Go give us a follow at Soccer Subs Podcast on Instagram, Soccer Subs Radio on Twitter. Everyone take care. Have a good one.